0: is the first fucking American who knows what he's talking about in hockey.
1: Welcome to episode four of Puck Me Sideways. I'm your host, Rove, and here with me is my good friend, Tuo. Uh, we got a heck of a show for you tonight as we're going to cover some power rankings, latest hockey news, injury updates. We got some line changes and transactions. And of course, we got some fantasy pointers for you. Uh, Tuo, so how, uh, how did last week look?
0: Um, well, Rove, I'm not going to be honest with you here. Um, I feel like we're going to have a lot on the infirmary this week yeah i've've I have
1: noticed that there has been quite a few uh, injuries that have taken place over the course of the last week.
0: Yeah, I feel like there are a lot of injuries that happen and it's a detriment to a lot of teams and they have to kind of basically pick up and uh, tread water where they can. and that's that's been basically the story of the last week. So I think that's that's gonna play a big part into the uh, weeks coming up coming coming into the next uh, couple of weeks here. So uh, what do you want? You want to start with the power rankings? Because I think that's where we
1: usually. uh, Well, let's start with the power rankings and we'll go through the through all the teams right now. Uh, Might be some shakeup, especially with some of those injuries. But uh, let's give it take a look.
0: Yeah. So the power rankings this week. So I think there's no doubt about it as far as the number one team in the NHL right now. And that's got to be the Tampa Bay Lightning they went three zero and one last week, and the overall they're seven one and one. They have a plus twelve goal differential, and they're up five from the power rankings that we had them at last week. And I think that's, I think that's, I think there's a lot of credibility to that. I, you know, they just destroyed Pittsburgh last week seven to one. The top line's been clicking with uh, Stamkos, Kucherov, uh, Nemestikov. Uh, Vasilevsky has been great. I think there's no reason to not rank them the number one team in the NHL right now. They're my top pick for the Eastern conference. Uh, I thought it was going to be a battle between the lightning and the penguins as far as the Eastern conference went, but I think Tampa Bay is just, is, is just setting the pace as far as the Eastern conference goes. Um, number two, I'm at LA Kings. They went two and zero last week. They're six, one and one overall plus 12 goal goal over uh, differential. I have them Eve. That's even for where they were at last week. They were number two last week, that top line of Kopitar Kopitar has been turning it up lately. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but Dustin Brown Kopitar um, that's been a, that's been a, a, a lethal combination lately. Drew Doughty stepped up his game. I think he's kind of focusing on driving offense a little bit more than he usually does. I think that's been a big thing for the Kings lately. And Jonathan Quick has had a, a rebound year. And so that's a big reason why LA is staying at my number two spot. Toronto, number three, again, they were number three last week. And I think there'll be a lot of, there might be some detractors as far as why they aren't in the number two spot, but they went two and one last week. Uh, They're still at the, they're seven and two on the season, a plus 10 gold differential. Austin Matthews has obviously been driving that train but the thing with the Leafs is that their depth is driving a lot of a lot of offense too, and uh, I think that's I think that's a big part of their success because a lot of teams are keying in on that Matthews line and then the Cadre line, the uh, third line with um, uh, well whatever you consider the Leafs third line to be, but either way it's Cadre down the middle and Bozak, Mitch Marner, James Henry. like they have a lot of depth right now, so um, Toronto is a good pick for number three. Vegas, I got to stick with I, I, they're up. I, I, I bumped them up seven spots and that, that's because they've showed me last week. They, they beat St. Louis on Saturday. Um, they went two and zero on the week. They're six and one on the season plus six gold differential. I think at this point we have to kind of t- take Vegas a little more seriously than I have been. And, and I think a lot of, a lot of people haven't been taking Vegas that seriously, but uh, they've been kind of, they've been the team to beat so far as uh, this early on in the uh, season so far. Uh, And they've, they've had some tests with their uh, goaltending depth. Uh, Mark Andre Fleury obviously is on the shelf. Malcolm Subban. We'll talk about that in the infirmary, but uh, Malcolm Subban has been playing well, but he actually just recently got injured. Oscar Danksk, a guy that you don't really hear that name very often. He's stepped into that number one role. Um, for them, so Vegas. I'm going to stick with them at number four, and right behind them is St. Louis. They're up four spots from where I had them last week. They went two on one in the last week. They're six two and one overall with a plus five goal differential. Jaden Schwartz has been just a, a monster. Um, if you took yeah. him in, a, if you what were you going to say? I said,
1: unfortunately, I faced him last week in uh, uh, in fantasy. Unfortunately, <laughs>
0: yeah, that's not a good week to have to face Jaden Schwartz. Um, he he did have a hat trick last week. He's, he's, um, he's been kind of driving the boat. It's not been Vladimir Tarasenko. Uh, Jake Allen's been playing well. Paul Stasny's kind of stepping up in that number one center role that St. Louis thought he was going to be. Um, Alex Pietrangelo is having a, is driving offense more. Again, another defensive-oriented two-way defenseman that's kind of driving offense. Uh, I think St. Louis has done a great job. So I'm putting them at the five spot. Chicago is at six. They went one-on-one last week. They're five, two-and-two overall, the plus-ten goal differential. They're down five spots. I had them at the number one spot last week because of how they've been playing. Um, I just think too many teams – I don't think necessarily Chicago's been playing badly. I think it's just other teams have been playing better. Um, They had a tough week. They lost to St. Louis and Edmonton. So, you know, St. Louis is kind of – or Chicago, I'm sorry, is kind of in transition at this point. They're still figuring things out, but I think they'll be all right. Number seven, I have the New Jersey Devils. I had them at seven last week. I still think they're right in the middle of the pack. I think they've been playing well enough. Um, Nico Heischer, I know you're happy with him because he had that big game last week. He had two goals and an assist. Um,
1: finally got a goal. He finally uh, hit, the, hit the back of the neck.
0: Yeah, that's the big thing with him. But I think he's going to be a guy that's going to stick around in New Jersey. He's going to keep getting top six minutes. And I think as far as, you know, they're going to be tested a little bit with Corey Schneider going on the IR. Again, I'll touch on that in the infirmary. um, But I think New Jersey is a a solid pick at number seven. Pittsburgh got bumped up four spots to number eight. They went two and one last week. They're five, three and one overall with the plus minus nine goal differential um but a lot of that can be attributed to the they got shelled by St. Louis or Tampa Bay that 7-1 game where just everyone basically who shot the puck bucket scored. So I think but I think Pitts I think Pittsburgh's turned around. They were in the they were in the second leg of a back-to-back on that night. So they were probably a little tired. Um but they had a good week. They had two wins before that shelling at uh Tampa Bay. Uh Dallas I bumped up. They were unranked last week. Uh they went 3 and 0. Last week. Now they're five and three with the plus two gold differential. Uh, ben Bishop's been great. I think Ben Bishop, uh, there was an article with the Dallas, about the Dallas stars, actually about Ben Bishop, how he might be bringing up some past memories for stars fans. As far as um, Marty Turco goes, <laughs> because he's kind of at that gold differential right now where he's been stopping a lot of pucks. Dallas just didn't score early on. And I think that was a part of the reason why they were struggling but I think that top line has definitely turned it on a bit as of late. Tyler Sagan, Jamie Ben, especially, I think you're uh, I think you're super happy about how Jamie Ben's turned it on in the last year. Yeah, 90%.
1: Jamie Ben's been awesome right now for me, especially. I mean, between him and uh, a couple of my other guys, it's been nice to see.
0: Yeah, you also picked up John Klingberg who's been contributing offensively as well. So I Absolutely. think Dallas I think Dallas is starting to figure it out. So that's why I put them at the ninth spot. Ottawa, I bumped them down six spots. I had them at four last week. This week, I had them at 10. They went one, one, and one. They're four, one, and three overall with a plus nine goal differential. Derek Broussard's been extremely hot. They just got Eric Carlson back, but they just lost Bobby Ryan to an injury. Again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cover a lot of some infirmary. There's a lot of injuries that are going to affect teams in the long run. But Ottawa's still in the picture. Philadelphia... I have 11 or up two spots from 13. They went two and one last week, five and three overall, plus 10 gold differential. Sean Gostis Bear has been just, he's been what the Flyers fans, you know, last week, last year was kind of, I think, it was kind of a sophomore slump, if you will. But I think he kind of figured it out. It was a little bit of a slump. We'll put it that way. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a lot bit of a slump. But that top line has made up for a lot of uh, deficiencies in the Flyers' team. Couturier, centering uh, Giroux and Vorchek. that's been a great line. And when you couple that in with the depth that they have, I'm not, you know, Nolan Patrick's still skating on that third line, but that second line with uh, Simmons on the second line, Simmons is Simmons is a uh, driver of offensive force. He he really knows what he's doing out there. So I think Philadelphia at the 11th spot is good. They're up two spots if they keep playing the way they have. Um, Brian Elliott hasn't been exactly a world beater, but he's been what the flyers need. And that's a quality goaltender. So moving on to the 12 spot, I'm going to Nashville who also was unranked last week. They went two and one last week. Uh, they're four, three and one on the season with a even goal differential. Pekka Rene has been on fire. I think there's no denying that uh, he shut out Philly. Uh, they, fade. they did have some kind of weak opponents in their two victories of the week in Colorado and the Rangers. But I think there's no denying that the Predators are figuring out the reigning Western Conference champions. You should discount them at all. 13, I'm going with Winnipeg. They're up three spots. I know they only played two games. They were one and one and this is uh, – considering Sunday's through, through Sunday's schedule. We're not, we're not talking about Monday and Tuesday's games at this point. Um, but I think just the way that Patrick with had, he scored two goals in that game last week. Um, Connor Hellebook's been a, been a driving factor in that crease. Um, I think Winnipeg's turning it on right now. I think they're starting to figure it out. 14. I have Carolina. They went 2-1 and one last week, 3-2-1 and one overall. I had them unranked last week, and that was mostly just because they had played the fewest games in the NHL. It was hard to rank them, and they still have the fewest games that played in the NHL. I don't know what the NHL is doing schedule-wise. They've only played six games, but I think there's a good, um, a good, uh, a good enough sample size to evaluate this young Hurricanes team, and I think everyone in Raleigh, again, is still so excited about it. I think they have one of the best... Teams as far as depth goes And I think they're going to be just one of those pesky teams That just sticks around They could be in the top 16 by the end of the season um, 15 I have Washington They went 2-1 and one last week um, They I ranked them 15th Last week They're 4-4-1 four, four and one on the season And uh, minus 3 gold differential um, They had a good week But they're kind of spinning their wheels a little bit uh, You know I think Barry Trotz wants more from them I think Their depth is going to be tested now. Uh, Andre Burkowski just had surgery on his finger. That's going to test their second line depth. I think they have enough to uh, fill out that second line role, but um, we'll see how Washington fares here in the next, in the next week or so. And a 16, uh, so kind of a surprise Vancouver. They went three Oh and one last week. They had a great week. They're four, three and one overall. They were unranked last week, obviously. Rock Bozer has been playing on that top line with the Sedin twins. He's fit in nicely, and he's one of those young entry level contract guys. That's you know you're not sure what was going to happen with him at this point. He was scratched for the first couple of games of the season, but he's fit in nicely on that Sedin line. And Derek Dorsett is a guy that's he's leading the team in goal scored from the fourth line. Yeah, from the fourth <laughs> line. So I think the thing, the driving factor with him is he's getting the power play minutes. Yeah. So. Uh, Derek Dorsett is kind of helping that team along. Jacob Markson's doing enough. So Vancouver's kind of the surprise team. The teams that I have just missed San Jose, San Jose had a great weekend. when I say they just missed, I mean, they just missed, like it was, it was, it was so close. I think with the week Vancouver had, I had to put them up in the 16th. Um, but San, San Jose has been clicking. Logan Couture has kind of developed, not so much developed, but we're kind of waiting for him to put up first uh, first line center points. And I think he's finally doing that. Um, the New York Islanders had a good week. They went two and zero. they beat San Jose. Anders Lee has been a good, a good, um, a good, uh, player for them so far as like, you know, he's been contributing on that top line. I think he's kind of a guy that falls to the wayside a little bit. Um, no one really thinks of the Islanders. I think of Anders Lee, unless you're an Islanders fan, uh, He's fit in well on that top line with uh, Tavares and Eberle. Teams that have dropped off Colorado, you know, I was kind of thinking they'd be a flash in the pan. I think I think I know you were too thinking that a little bit too rove that they were kind of, you know, they got off they got off quick. They took advantage of um teams that were a little slow out of the gate. Well, they 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 started out
1: hot. I, the problem with Colorado, in my opinion, is the depth up there. I just don't think that they have the depth. And they've tried to spread it around with McKinnon and, um, and Duchesne on separate lines. Um, but I, I just don't think they have the depth to keep this going. That's why I think it was a little bit of a fluke up there.
0: Yeah, it definitely was. And they, they had a lot of their bad play covered up by Semyon Varlamov, who was playing out of his mind that first, first two weeks. Um, so I think that's why Colorado dropped off. Calgary dropped off, in my opinion. Um, They went one-on-one last week, but they just haven't shown me, they haven't kept up with the teams around them as far as I'm concerned. I do like the signing of Jaromir Yager. I do think he's going to be a good fit on that team, but I still think Calgary's trying to figure everything out uh, in terms of defense and how to prevent shots. And, you know, I think they're still starting to see how that offense is going to click. Calgary has the, they,
1: they have the talent there. They just have to piece everything together. It's going to come. It's just a matter of if it's going to come soon enough for them to be able to sneak into playoffs. Um, you know, hopefully they figure it out sooner than later.
0: Yeah. And that's the big thing too. These top, you know, eight teams that I say are pretty much solidified in the top 16, maybe, you know, Sands, New Jersey. So I think there's a lot of room for shuffling around as far as the next weeks go. So Calgary can definitely be in that mix. Um, Mike Smith's been playing really well. He started every game so far for Calgary. So that might be something you want to monitor. Um, another team that dropped off from our rankings last week, Detroit. I think every Red Wings fan knows how abysmal of a week that the Red Wings had. They went 0-3-1. And Scott Blaschel, the coach for the uh, Red Wings, just ripped them apart, You know, saying, unacceptable, this is not how we should be playing. So I think the Red Wings kind of... Again, it was another one of those teams that was kind of covered up by their goaltending. Jimmy Howard was standing on his head that first week or two. And I think they're coming back down to earth a little bit, but I still think Detroit, you know, Detroit has the tools there. Like you said before in week one, I think it was, they have a young core and they just need to figure it out. And I just don't think it's happening right now for them. And, you know, they faced a tough schedule and, they got routed by, a uh, you know, the one team that they did that was kind of weaker was Vancouver, and they got routed by them, and that's where they, their coach felt that they were embarrassed. So um, Detroit has a lot to figure out right now. So that's kind of where we're at as far as power rankings go. Um, all right, well, based off
1: of that, uh, let's move on to our three stars and attendee. Um, so right now we're going to go over our three stars uh, for the last last week, as well as our goaltender of the week, and we might have a couple of honorable mentions in there. Um So uh, why don't you give your rankings and I'll see where exactly I compare with that. And uh, we'll go from there.
0: Yeah. So I tried to, when we first installed this segment, I was kind of trying to keep it away from what NHL.com suggested. But at this point, especially last week, I think there was no denying who they chose Um, the third star of the week definitely had to be Logan Couture. I think the sharks took big steps. They were kind of struggling out of the gate and Logan Couture had five goals and seven points in the three games he played. He had a hat trick versus the Islanders last week. So I think Logan Couture is kind of realizing, you know, it's kind of a passing of the torch as far as first-line centers go. Joe Thornton's not what he used to be. He, Logan Couture needs to step up and provide more offense and let Joe Thornton kind of sink back into that secondary role. And I think that's what sharks the Sharks are kind of envisioning. They were envisioning that for a while. And Logan Couture struggled with injuries, but uh, there's no denying he had a good week. He had a great week, so I think he's been a big part of the Sharks' success and why they just missed on my power rankings. If they keep that up, I think there's definitely a chance that they're going to be in that top 16. My second star of the week, Nikita Kucherov, five goals, eight points in four games played against Pittsburgh and Detroit. He had two goals in those games alone. He's been just putting up points at a tour of races. If anyone who's been noticing the NHL lately, they noticed Nikita Kucherov has been just – at just an abominable, abominable pace of goals scored, he's tied with Alex Ovechkin right now for the goals scored lead in the NHL. Um, and my first star, uh, I don't think I think you're going to know where I'm going with this is Steven Stamkos. Now, granted, he hasn't scored as many goals. He's got two goals and ten points in the four games played, um, but he did have four points against Pittsburgh: a goal and three assists, and three versus New Jersey: a goal and two assists. He's been kind of again I mentioned this before he's kind of turned into a playmaker he's he's shooting the puck as much as shooting percentages down a little bit and I think that he's going to start fighting the back of the net a little bit more but Steven Stamkos has been driving the play of the lightning as much as Nikita Kucherov has been putting the puck into the back of the net uh, Steven Stamkos has been the one lining him up and I think that's been a very very important piece to the lightning success yeah.
1: And, and, and with that, um, I mean, I, I, have a few little bit changes. I actually had, uh, Kucherov as number one, uh, star of the week, uh, just simply because of the goals. Um, and also he's, you know, tied with OB for, you know, the lead in goals for the entire, uh, um, season so far, uh, Stamkos was my number two, uh, for our, you know, obvious reasons. Um, I actually had, um, Logan Couture as one of my honorable mentions um, as well as, uh, Brad Marchand of Boston. Um, I actually had, and I might fan, have fanboy a little bit here, but I had uh, Claude Giroux uh, as my third star of the week with four goals and three assists. Um, and uh, most of most of I credit that not only because of his performance, but also because it's a huge bounce-back season so far for him. You know, the move to left wing, I love it. Um, I just love that first mm-hmm. line for Flyers right now.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. I think that Claude Giroux definitely had a good weekend. He's been driving part of that Philadelphia offense I just think that the way things are going, that Logan Couture, you know, is is kind of creating more offense and things. But I think Claude Giroux, that you know, as you mentioned, that move to the wing has been very, very good to him. And I think it's because partly he doesn't have to uh, participate so much in the in the defensive factor of the game. You know, as wingers go, exactly. Yeah, they, they don't they don't
1: have to run. And, and Couturier is actually a really good uh, defensive center. Um, he has been for a while and that's why they've usually played him on the penalty kill in years prior. Um, and now they have him lining up a center and with, uh, Giroux out there on left wing, I think it just allows and opens Giroux up a little bit more, uh, to be the offensive power that he can be and should be. Um, and that's what the flyers have needed. And work over on the right wing has, you know, contributed greatly. He hasn't, he hasn't scored a goal yet. Um, but he's definitely added plenty of assists along the way.
0: Yeah. And you look at a guy like Vorchek, you look at a guy like Kuznetsov who has 12 points on the season, but yet to score a goal. So I think that's an important part of any team's top six is a guy that's going to set players up. Um, so moving on to our goaltender of the week, I think it has to be Andre Vasilevsky. And I think you're you know, I think,
1: yeah, full agreement. Um, very happy about his performance right now, just for fantasy uh, purposes. But yeah, Vassi's just been he's been huge. This I mean, he he only allowed one goal to Pittsburgh. Um, he shut out Columbus. Uh, I mean, he he's just been on fire this yeah. last week. This entire season, he he's just he's been rock steady.
0: Yeah, and that's actually my performance of the week was that forty-three save shutout versus Columbus. Forty-three saves. I mean, you don't realize that's a lot of pepper that's a lot of rubber to face your way he let, he only let in three goals on a hundred shots in the last week I counted him up and it, it that's in, that's phenomenal and he's a he's a big reason as to why Tampa Bay is so much, having so much success uh this season so I definitely am gonna have to agree with you on that uh goaltender of the week there I don't think there's anyone even comparable at this point
1: no, absolutely um do we have any uh you know transactions anything like you know recent hockey news line combinations
0: yeah bro i think we we had a few transactions let me just let me just um i just want to interject i meant to kind of talk about this in the last weeks but um that sound clip that we played before the show um i think if any of you had listened to it before so I just want to put a little context as to what people are hearing there. And Rob, you weren't there for this. Steve was my my roommate. Steve was there for this. So basically, him and I were down for you know we just decided that we want to go down to Nashville, take a little road trip, you know, have some fun. And uh, we were just, down in Nashville. Just boys, boy, being boys. Boys being boys, exactly. <laughs> so we were down on this bar in Nashville. So we went and caught a predators jets game. And I will say again, this is, uh, you know, I mentioned this a, lot, a few weeks ago, I think two weeks ago about Columbus, how good of an environment was. If you want to catch a hockey game and see a good environment, go to Nashville. But we went to a bar after the game. And there was like, you know, it had to have been a, a table of at least a dozen Maple Leafs fans because the Leafs were down the night before and they were staying on the weekend. And I basically stood there and talked to these Maple Leafs fans for a good solid 30, 45 minutes, just about Maple Leafs, Stole it solely about Maple Leafs. And that's where uh, Steve took that video of that guy talking to me and he was like, this has got to be the first fucking American who knows what he's talking about in the game of hockey. And that was the biggest compliment I think I had ever gotten in my entire life. <laughs> You're so proud of that. <laughs> I really am because a, a, a leafer... Down here in Nashville, saying that to me, I was touched. You know what I mean? I, I don't think it gets any better than that. <laughs> like, when my wife, my future wife someday, I'll be like, what was the happiest day of your life? It's probably going to be like, well, I was at this bar in Nashville. You know, that's probably what's going to come up. And anyways, that was a good night. Me and Steve ended up getting kicked out of two bars. I don't know how we got kicked out of two bars, but we did. Um,
1: I mean, I can probably take a gander out a. Of- few reasons based on your, your bar hopping history. All right. Well, it wasn't that
0: bad. All right. <laughs> so, yeah, I just wanted to put that into context because we played that sound clip for how many we- every single week now. We're going to keep playing it. Well, it's our uh, introduction.
1: It's, it's staying. It ain't going anywhere.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much, a you know, it's set in stone. So I just wanted to let the listeners here know what actually happened and what he was actually saying. Uh, apparently, uh, Canadians don't think much of American hockey knowledge, so that's where I stepped in. <laughs> well, I'm glad you cleared it up for the rest of us. <laughs> yeah. But um, it was a really good week last week, not so much injury-wise, but um, talking about the positive things, as we all know, I think Nikita Kucherov scored in seven straight games for the Lightning, and he's been just Phenomenal. I think a large part of that is playing on that Stamkos line. The Messenikas have been fitting in nicely. The Lightning are the team to beat in the East right now. I I think the Pens will keep getting better, but I think the Lightning are starting to figure it out. Stamkos is gradually. I mean, he's not gradually getting himself back. He's back. Like he's averaging two points per game at this point, and um, the Lightning are that force in the East that I thought they would be. So I think that's one of the major stories of the week. I think that's been like, as far as if you read through NHL, NHL.com, like they're just talking about the lightning at this point. But yeah, another big story of the week has been Montreal seven straight losses. Um, they've just been struggling to figure it out. And I think that has a large part to do with not only their lack of scoring, but Kerry price is not who the carry price ever used to. And I think, um, that's been a big problem for Montreal. They need Carey Price to be the world-class goaltender that he is, and he hasn't been so far. And I don't think you can blame it fully on Carey Price. Um, and the Rangers are kind of in that same boat where they're still figuring things out. Uh, those are two teams that were playoff teams last year, and they're not looking like it so far. And a team that were a team that was not a playoff team last year, Dallas. Dallas has been rising, as I mentioned before, in the power rankings. They went 3-0 last week. They've been clicking same as Nashville. I think Nashville started out slow and they're definitely get those two teams are getting it going right now. And so that's scary for their teams in the central. And again, the central is one of the more competitive teams in this, in the uh, Western conference, the devils have been keeping it up. Nico Haysher and Drew Stafford have been a driving part of that offense, which I'm not sure everyone was. So I don't think they were kind of expecting that, Um, but the devils have been really good. And I think I expect them to keep it up at least for, you know, the next couple of weeks, I think they'll get tested in the middle of the season.
1: Um, well, I like that top line. Um, you know, Taylor, Taylor Hall and Nico and, uh, and Stafford, you know, uh, Nico, he he's talented, you know, there's not really any question about it. And then you have Taylor Hall, you know, who is Taylor Hall. I mean, he's a good winger. Um, you know, he's provides a little bit of the veteran pre- preference, uh, presence there. And, uh, you know, Drew Stafford just happens to be the guy that's clicking on the same line. So I, I like what's happening down in Jersey.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. So, but anyway, let's we'll talk about your Flyers a little bit. The Ed Snyder statue was raised for the Flyers recently. Um, he has a ring on his finger on this statue that Flyers fans go and rub. <laughs> um, so, as we know, Ed Snyder died uh, in April of 2016. Um, and they raised this statue, and Flyers fans are going up and rubbing this ring on his finger on the statue for a sign of good luck. I think so far it's working, but, um, you know, it's a good, it's a good tribute to a guy that contributed a lot to the Philadelphia area. I think, as you know, they had a lot to do with the local Philadelphia, uh, children and things like that, as far as growing the game of hockey in that area. Um, so I think it's great that they put up a statue of Ed Snyder. I think it's a little funny that the, the fans are rubbing the ring on his finger for it. Um, but overall, I think it's, I think it was a good gesture by Philadelphia. I think it provides their fan base with a little momentum, if you will. And, uh, I, I don't know your thoughts about that. You're a flyers fan. So,
1: I mean, I, I, I personally think I like the whole, you know, rubbing of the <laughs> ring, um, as I like to call it. um, it's just you know it's just something it's it's fun you know for a flyers fan i think we needed that specifically you know as a community just because you know the facts are flyers haven't been good in that many recent years i mean last year was just dreadful um you know we have a lot of young talents i think you know as a community we're just trying to find you know, as a fan base, something to, you know, to basically ease our spirits and see the future. And I like it, you know, with Ed Snyder, it's just something cool to do. Um, you know, when the statue was raised, it was awesome. Um, you know, if you haven't the listeners out there, if you haven't actually seen the statue that was put up, you know, just Google it. It's pretty cool. Um, you know, check it out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think another, uh, another thing that's kind of heartfelt to hockey fans is Eddie Olchek returned to the booth for the Hawks. Um, and he was kind of, you know, saying this is where I want to be when I'm healthy. This is where I want to be uh, when I'm not battling. Coal. Because as we know, Eddie Olchek has colon cancer. And I think every, he's a very, very uh, well-appreciated personality in the NHL. He's not a Pierre McGuire, who if you're not a Penguins fan, you hate. Uh, so it's good to see Eddie Olchek back in the booth. And, you know, I still wish him a speedy recovery um so uh, you know it, it's, it's always tough to see guys like that good guys in a tough situation I think all you can hope for is the return of health for him absolutely absolutely wish him the best <laughs> yeah but anyway so another another big major piece uh, coming up in the NHL is that 10 10 game mark for a lot of NHL rookies so there are a lot of guys that we're not sure if they're going to stick around the NHL. Notably, there are a few, and I think a lot of them on the New Jersey Devils. Nico Heischer, uh, seven points in eight games played for New Jersey. Jesper Bratt, he's leading, he's tied for the uh, team leading goals, and Will Butcher. All of them are eligible to be sent down, and if they don't after that 10-game mark, they'll lose the year on the entry-level contract. I think they're all going to stay. I think at this point, when you're in New Jersey, you have to keep it young, Will Butcher has nine assists. He's fourth among all defensemen in points scored so far. So I think he's got to stay. Jesper Bratt, again, is tied for the team leading goals. Nico Hesher, was your first overall draft pick. So they're all staying up. Um, But you look at guys like Nolan Patrick in Philadelphia. He's been playing. He's been getting third-line minutes. He's not exactly – I don't want to say he's not fitting in, but I think as far as the Philly depth chart goes, Nolan Patrick's not quite getting the opportunities that Nico he is. So I'm not sure if he's going to stick around. And I think it's kind of one of those cases with like, if you look at Jonathan drew who got sent back to juniors in that first year of his draft, when everyone thought he was going to stick with the lightning, I don't know if we're necessarily, necessarily going to see Nolan Patrick at the end of the year. And it might, it might be after that 10 game mark too. They could decide, you know, game 40, they want him to go down and get top six minutes in the, in the, uh, in the uh, CHL let's uh
1: let's head on to the infirmary and let's talk about all these injury updates and what a dreadful week it was for injuries and for fans and teams alike
0: I think we could have a whole show on injuries at this point um um Andrew McDonald and the Flyers is out four to six weeks uh Nico Granlin's back that's good news for the wild Leon Dreisaitl uh, is returning from a concussion Yarmor Yager is on the IR for a lower body injury. Hampus Lindholm for the Ducks is back. That's good news for them. Ryan Getzloff also checked back into that lineup. So that's going to provide some good depth for them that the Ducks had been missing. Buffalo has been facing injuries. Jacob Josephson, Zemgis Girgensons, Josh Georges, Zach Bogosian, Justin Falk. These guys have all been injured. Robin Lehner. Buffalo's facing some tougher times right now. They haven't been winning a lot of games either. So I think that's only it's only making the problem worse. Obviously, Bobby Ryan for Ottawa's out. Took a rask, Still has a concussion in Boston. Again, I'm just reading down this list. It's, it's it's sad. Adam Adam McQuaid, as Bruins fans know, broke his right fibula. He's out for eight weeks. That's a big blow to a Boston, to the Boston blue line. Roberto Luongo's out. He's day to day at this point. James Reimer's done a good good job. Stick, uh, Stepping in for him. Um, Malcolm Subban's out for four weeks for Vegas. Marc-Andre Fleury's close to returning to practice, but as I mentioned before, they're going to have to roll with Oscar Danks still, until uh, Fleury's been cleared. So there's been a lot of injuries. Patrice Bergeron is back. Krejci back. Backus is back, but they lost Ryan Spooner for four to six weeks. Again, you coupled that with Adam McQuaid. New Jersey, Corey Schneider has a low lower body injury. He's been uh, on the shelf. Zach Parise, it's recently been announced that he is out for eight, 8 to 10 weeks with back surgery. So we all know that that uh, back injury has been bothering Parise, and now he's opted for surgery. So he's out for a lot a lot longer, which kind of uh, affects me a little bit because I drafted him in the middle, luckily only in the middle rounds as kind of a flyer, um, but still not good for that wild attack. So the sad news is Patrick Eves got diagnosed with, uh, I'm not sure how to necessarily say this. Guillain-Barre syndrome, which is basically where your immune system attacks the periphery nervous system. Ugh. Yeah, so that's really tough news for... I'm not even going to say that's tough news for the docs. That's, that's tough news for the Patrick Eves family. Um, you know, yeah. you hate to see guys like that. You know, when you look at Brian Bickle, uh, when he uh, suffered from his injuries, um, Brian Boyle had... You know, cancer and stuff like that, so you hate to see stuff like that. Only Mata had a cancer, Chris Tang had a tumor. Anything that's something you know where you just take a step back and don't want to look at hockey anymore and just look at the quality of life that that person's going to live. Um, you have to just hope for Patrick Eves and his family at this point that they're that they're uh you know gonna hang in there and stuff. But on the brighter side, so I just did mention Brian Boyle, he just returned to practice, he's been getting treatment his cancer um uh there was a nice ovation for devil from devil's fans at that practice for brian boyle um but so it really is it's 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 a sad list as far as personnel goes and a sad list when you look at the effect it has on, on lives because there's been a lot of um sad news sad injuries in the nhl going into this year
1: yeah it's been tough it's it's been a rough it's been a rough off season it's been a rough you know this like first what three weeks of the season um you know just we just wish you know those guys that you know were injured or you know that you know have suffered a little bit you know of an extensive medical condition you know they just you know get the care that they need and you know best wishes to them and their family
0: yeah absolutely um yeah moving on to the transactions of the week um there actually were a few movements that you wouldn't expect. Andreas Antanasio uh, re- re-signed with the Red Wings for a year 1.387 mil. That's a good bridge deal for the Red Wings. He's a good, talented player. Um, he's going to be a big part of their future as long as they can lock him up after this one-year deal's expired. So I think they had a good deal there. Um, Brooks Likes signed with the LA Kings, and that was kind of uh, a reaction to the Jeff Carter injury. So he's kind of filling in on that fourth line and everyone's kind of bumping up a spot in the center center role for LA Kings. Riley Sheehan went to the pens, pens for Scott Sullivan. That's a low-key move that I, you know, Jim Rutherford's done a great job of filling in holes where he needs to. And Riley Sheehan is an underrated player for the Red Wings. And uh, I think he was a good spot, a good choice to fill in for that third line center. He can provide some offense but yet he's still reliable enough defensively that he's not going to be uh, detrimental to the Penguins' defense as a core. So I think that was a good move for the Pens. Um, and speaking of the Pens, they decided to move on from Auntie Niemi. Kind of, uh, you know, Auntie Niemi was the Stanley Cup goaltending winner from uh, the Blackhawks. Uh, the Panthers actually went on to claim him but the pens have a bigger, bigger issue as far as who's going to fill in that backup role at this point. Uh, I don't think, I think Antiniemi was a good choice in the off season based off his tracker record. But once you saw what he was going to do, or once you saw what he did do as far as the season went on, I think it proved that he wasn't the right guy for that role. So it'll be interesting to see what the pens do as far as who's going to back up Matt Murray. So
1: he can't play every single game of the season. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, the penguins has the, a group. They just need to face, still figure out what they're doing. I mean, the talent's not there. I mean, Matt Murray is Matt Murray. He's great, uh, you know, defensively, but the penguins, they just been, they've gotten blown out now twice in the first, you know, three weeks of action. Uh, very uncharacteristic of them. Yeah. I'm not sure what's going on. If they're just, you know, a little hungover from the championship <laughs> Uh, last year or what? But yeah, the Penguins. I mean, I will gladly continue to watch them lose. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a lot I'm of right. hockey fans will. But I'm right um, there with you. <laughs> it, it's it's something that it, it's you know raising a few question marks <laughs> as to why what's going on you know out there in it.
0: Yeah, but I think it's a good storyline. Everyone wants to always see what's going on with the defending Stanley Cup champions. So uh it'll definitely be interesting to see going forward. All righty, let's move on to
1: uh a trophy watch and see what you so you see what we got going on
0: So last week we talked a little about the colder trophy and who was in the front running uh pack as far as rookies go. this week I we kind of want to talk about the Vezina. um I know it's a little bit early, and a lot of it depends on you know team success, but I think at this point uh Sergei Bobrovsky again is is backing up his uh title more more than anyone thought he would. I don't know. He's kind of more of a regular season goalie at this point. I think that's what everyone thinks of him, but um, he's been kind of driving the, driving the uh, force in Columbus. But I th- don't think you can discredit the work that Jonathan Quick has done as far as, you know, and again, last week I talked about how that was one of our games of the week was Columbus and the LA Kings. And... Um, the Kings came out on top six to four, so not exactly a game that you would you would see between two Vezina contenders. But they've both been so good; Those were kind of both anomalies. So I think right now it's between uh, Bobrovsky and Quick. Ben Bishop has made a stake for it as well. Uh, he's kind of held Dallas in games at this point, and until they once they get their offense clicking, he has a lot more room for error. Corey Crawford's been great. As we talked about, um, Andre Bazilevsky's been great. So the Vezina Trophy, I think right now, between Bobrovsky and Quick, um, both have save percentages well over that 930 mark, which is kind of the benchmark that Tim Thomas set a few years ago. I don't think many goaltenders are going to reach that. I think the dark horses, as far as um, this trophy goes, Mike Smith has been everything the flames would hope he would be so i think mike smith is definitely a dark horse and i think dark horses you still have to consider vasilevsky and crawford vasilevsky's been good but he hasn't been up to the level as far as stealing games for his team the way that bob and quick has been yeah
1: i mean i think uh Vassie right now in my opinion would be the front runner just not i think he's going to cool down um you know i don't think he can keep up with the pace that he's doing but the bolts themselves, I just see a lot of wins for him, um, and that's and that's kind of why, in my opinion, he might be a little bit of you know in that maybe that mix with Bob's and uh, and Quick, just because he's going to get the wins. You know, right now they pretty much have already made it very clear that he's going to uh, be in net most of the games. There's there's definitely not a timeshare down there uh, in Tampa. You know, I, like I said, I think he's going to cool down, uh, but. N- he's going to get wins.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think wins are weighed way too much in consideration for the Vezina trophy. I think wins are weighed too much as far as the Vezina voting goes. I think save percentage should be weighted more heavily because the, I mean, it really is who's the been the best goaltender. So wins are more of a product of the team as far as that goes as well. Uh, goals against average again is a, is a stat that is a team oriented stat. So I think save percentage is a much, much bigger thing. I think they have to delve further into the advanced analytics and see, you know, what's their save, save percentage in high percentage shots. What's their save percentage five on five. What's their save percentage on the PK. I think those truly will show um, the colors of the best goaltenders, but I think Bob and quick have been the guys as far as um, who are the leading candidates so far.
1: All right. So let's talk about some fantasy pointers here uh, to
0: can you tell us so far. Uh, so I think one of the big fantasy pickups for this week is definitely James Reimer. And that's because Roberto Luongo is on the IR. Well, he's not really on the IR. He's more so day to day. And I think uh, he's ruled out until the weekend. And I'm pretty sure that the Panthers are going to roll with James Reimer until Wongo is fully recovered because Reimer has been good. So there's no reason. And that's why they brought Reimer in because they knew the was getting old. So I think Reimer is a guy, if you need goaltending help, at least for the next week or so, um, he's a guy that you want to target. Uh, Roe, who do you who have you seen so far? Um, I got three guys, um, that I like. You know,
1: specifically if you are in a deeper league, um, you might want to let take a look at uh, Nick Smoltz, um, for uh, Chicago. Um, he's he's healthy now and he's centering uh, Patrick Kane's line. And as we know in prior history, Patrick Kane makes everyone better so. You know, he might be a guy that you might want to monitor, look at, um, you know, if he starts catching fire with Patrick Kane and you need help at center, I would, you know, scoop him up. Um, yeah. Another guy.
0: Sorry. Sorry. I just want to say, yeah. Um, Nick Schmoltz is a guy that kind of started off hot for the Blackhawks. He kind of drifted off a little bit. Everyone was a little more focused on Ryan Hartman just because he had more hype going in, I think. Um, right. But Nick Schmoltz is kind of filling that Artem Anisimov role that he Anisimov had last year when he was the guy that was playing that second line center role with the Blackhawks so I think Nick Schmoltz actually has a little higher ceiling so um, I definitely agree Nick Schmoltz is under owned as far as again we're talking in ESPN I'm sure Yahoo's not um, far behind as far as ownership goes but um, no that's definitely
1: a good pick. Um, another one I have is Brian Rust uh, for Pittsburgh. Um, obviously, I know Pittsburgh's playing down right now, uh, but this is a guy that's playing top six minutes uh, right now. He's listed playing with you know on the Malkin line uh, with Kessel as well. Um, you know he's playing the left wing spot um, in ESPN. He has right wing eligibility. Uh, I'm not hundred percent sure on what he has on Yahoo. Yahoo sometimes has a little bit extra dual. Uh, but ESPN, yeah, he he's he has right wing eligibility. He's going to give left wing eligibility because that's where he's playing. Um, he has also been on the Crosby line as well. Uh, the only thing he doesn't have going for him is he's not on the top uh, Penguins power play. Uh, he's on the second power play unit. Uh, but still, you know, even strength, he's either going to be playing with Crosby or Malkin, uh, which you know typically is going to uh, equal fantasy points. Uh, so again, you know, if that's somebody that's in a little bit of a deeper, you're in a deeper league
0: spot. You know, you need help out with wingers you know feel free to look at him yeah um brian rust has been good all season long and it's not easy to crack that top penguins power power play patrick hornfist is kind of uh in a good spot as far as that goes because he's a guy that's playing on the third line basically on even strength and he's still that net front presence that they need with all those skilled players so um brian rust is a guy that's that you know, he, like you said, he may not be playing on those top power play minutes, but he's getting the even strength minutes with, with skilled superstar players, such as Evgeny Malkin. He's playing on that Malkin line, as you said, on that right wing, and he's actually been picking up basically an assist per game. Uh, so he's kind of, he kind of falls to the wayside as far as, uh, who guys, who players think aren't going to be available. So the Penguins' top six is, six is going to be something you want to monitor all season long because it's going to be interchangeable between uh, Gensel, Hornquist, Rust. Uh, Hagelin was recently on the left wing of, of getting Malkin, so I think uh, Sullivan's trying to experiment with his lines a little bit there. So the first play unit is going to stay pretty much the same, but that second unit's where you want to keep an eye and who's going to be up in that top six. My last guy,
1: now this is, I mean, this is a big sleeper pick, you know, you'd be in a real deep league if you're going to look at him. But, you know, even if you're not in a deep league, at least put him maybe on your watch list. But that's going to be Sam Reinhardt right now. And I know he's played horrible um, so far this season. Um, you know, this is a guy that showed a little bit of a spark last year. I mean, not necessarily, you know, we're talking, you know, he's going to be in a, you know, a fantasy stud or anything. But right now, they, he, he's been moved up um, on even strength. Um, with uh, Ryan O'Reilly and uh, Jason Palmville. So he's playing on the second line on left wing. And then he's also um, on the power play. He's with uh, Jack Eichel. Um, He's playing right wing on the power play. Um, So that might be, you know, a, a guy that you might want to look at to see, you know, in a deeper league and just see, you know, how he does. I mean, worst case scenario is he just gets bumped down and doesn't really produce. And then you don't have to worry about picking him up. But, he could, you know, catch a spark. He is playing with some talented guys.
0: Yeah, and Reinhardt was a guy last year that showed great chemistry with Jack Eichel. So um, I think it was only a matter of time before he got started getting the top six minutes. He was playing on that third line in Buffalo, but Buffalo has a lot of offensive firepower. And I think they were just trying to find the right combination. If if uh, Reinhardt sticks in that top six group. That's definitely a guy that you want to keep an eye on, despite the fact that he started out at the gates slow. Uh, I think uh, talking to a guy like you, Rove, somebody who picked up Alex Galchenyuk, who uh, has been up and down the lineup in the Canadiens, he might even be traded, but that's, you know, besides the point. But he's kind of in a similar mold as far as Sam Reinhardt goes, where he's been, like I said, up and down the lineup he could fill in that top six role if he needs to. And I think that's what he needs to get as far as minutes go. So if he's, you know, is on that first or power play, second uh, power, first or second power play unit in Buffalo, he's going to get some scoring chances. And I think he showed last year what he was capable of. I think his third line designation was temporary. And I think Zemgis Gergensen is going to be kind of the guy on the chopping block as far as who's going to lose minutes and I think, that's, I think that's rightfully so based off of how much chemistry he showed with Eichel last year. So well, I, uh, and, you,
1: and you could do a thing like, you know, yeah, I, I picked up Gally here, um, what, last week, and I literally had him for one game, and, that, and I picked him up because I saw he was with Max Pack on the uh, top line. And I was like, okay, I mean, the kid's not awful. I mean, he has some talent. It's just a matter of can he piece it together. Maybe this is the, you know, maybe he finally clicks. He didn't. He got shot back down to the fourth line and I dropped him. So <laughs> it might be something, you know. Yeah.
0: And that definitely depends on if your league has weekly transaction limits. You know, if you have like in our league, I believe it's five. So five we, it's, yeah. it's, it's easy to pick up a guy on, uh, you know, speculatively. Um, so Sam Reinhardt could fall into that category where if you have an empty roster spot of a guy who is not producing a guy who you basically drafted as a flyer and want to get somebody in there who has a chance to produce. Um, Reinhard Galchenyuk, um, I think Evgeny, Evgeny Dadanov is still too little owned in fantasy leagues around around the world, and ESPN goes, um, he's playing on that line with Barkov and Huberdeau. you got to look at guys who are complimentary, guys who are young, guys who show promise and have a high ceiling that can bounce around that lineup a little bit. Um, once they stick, And if they stick, they're going to be a potent force. And that's, that's how you win in your fantasy circles. That's how you win is those key pickups. Like everyone can have a good draft really, but it's who you pick up. It's who you have on your watch list. And I think, um, you always want to keep an eye on those top six, keep an eye on the pedigree. Sam Reinhardt was a first round draft pick. Same for Galchenyuk. Dadanoff was a high producer in the KHL. You have to look at what they've done in the past and see how they're fitting in with their current teams. Right, absolutely. So those are definitely things you want to keep in mind. Um, so I definitely agree with Sam Reinhart. If he's getting those top six minutes in Buffalo, uh, he's, he's a guy you want to keep an eye on moving forward.
1: All right, well, that's about as much time as we have for tonight. Um, like always, you know, tweet at us or uh, email us any questions you have and that you want answered in the next podcast. Uh, like I said, we will you know read whatever questions that you know or or DMs or tweets whatever whatever you be guys our, send for, to us
0: be our first question be our first question
1: you yeah, are, we we will read them on the air and we will answer your questions you uh, can
0: even ask like rove are you is your wife a cover up like are you actually gay like, <laughs> if that's your question we'll read it and we'll we'll discuss it cuz i'm still curious about that <laughs> huh. All right.
1: Well, like I said, that's about all we have for tonight and we will see you next week.